0: Leaped Up Productions presents a TCG Transformers card game podcast for your listening and viewing pleasure. And in the wise words of Optimus Prime, take it away for the name of our podcast One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is Lee from Bloop Productions. And before we get into this podcast, I've just got a little mini announcement. Unfortunately, I forgot to put up a questions post on the Facebook groups to get questions for Jamie to answer. But uh, I'll remember that for the next episode because uh, we're in talks with some more people who want to collaborate with us. And if you out there are listening to this and you want to collaborate with us, drop us a message on the Facebook group. And uh, yeah, we'll get uh, talking and see if we can just get together and nerd out about Transformers. So with that being said, let's get straight into this podcast. Well, what up, guys? It's Lee here from Bluetooth Productions. And today I have a special guest, another... Well, let's just say another person from across the pond, in Jamie from Powered by Primus. How you doing, Jamie?
1: I'm doing it fantastic. I'm glad to be here. So
0: <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited that as soon as I seem to ask people if they want to be a part of something, that most people are willing to say yes. If they said no, it would be kind of unfortunate, and then I'd have to figure it out. But I'm super happy that you get to be on this episode with me, and we get to nerd out about the TCG, which. You know, with wave three literally just dropping, uh, I think the game is going to see a lot of new faces.
1: I think there's going to be a lot of new faces, and I'm always down for things that really get to get the community together. So if I can even chat with someone across the pond or if I can even talk to someone down the street about the game, I'm always more than open to chatting with people about it. So
0: awesome source. Okay. So, um, Jamie, the one thing I want to uh, do before we, we get the ball rolling here. Um, is uh, what is your channel, uh, and how can people find you? And, and what uh, kind of TCG-related content you do? Because I know what it is, and maybe a few few people might do listening to this podcast. But uh, for the for the masses who might not know, could you just do a, a quick summary and explain?
1: Yeah, so for the masses, uh, I do run a YouTube channel. It's called Powered by Primus. Um, obviously, you said it's on YouTube. We also do have a website now that just went live uh, about a week ago, and that is poweredbyprimus.com. I truly cover everything from the Transformers CCG-related stuff on the YouTube channel. I know we cover lots of deck profiles, I do box openings. I do tons and tons of gameplay news, all that good stuff. And then on the website now, we started to dabble a little more into articles. We're going to be doing toy reviews and just covering everything that we normally cover on the YouTube channel as well because I know lots of people like to read and some people don't really have time to sit down and watch a video for 30 minutes. So we're going to be able to deliver a lot more awesome content through the website.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool because I I did check out your website and I'm kind of intrigued um, because there's one thing you put on the Facebook group as well is like you have a store as well, so... Do you want to plug that? And shamelessly, your awesome playmats as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, it's really funny, but I was actually an artist for Disney a while back, so I've always had a really big uh, interest in art and stuff, and Transformers CCG got me back into doing a lot of it, because it's like two of my favorite things, so I started dabbling and doing some art, and then we obviously came up with some really cool playmats, and I've got a lot more stuff art-related and playmat-related in the future. Uh, But we do have a store on there as well, because I tend to buy a lot of these, and I Win a lot of packs at our locals and stuff, so it's a really awesome place on the store where I can go in there and I can sell all my extras. I can give it to everyone for really cheap prices because, like I said, I'm all about the community. I really don't want people to have to be spending fifty dollars on a card. I know how very expensive that is. I know you talked about it in your previous uh, podcast with wreck and Roll, where you know even you know Matrix of Leadership is just too high of a price of a card for five bucks and stuff. So it's just a really nice uh, store on there that we get to really. Sell a lot of those extras, and like I said, just get a lot more stuff into people's hands, and try to have one central source for everything Transformers CCG. So,
0: yeah, I, I completely agree. Although I I can say I have sold out because uh, in our local community <laughs> that we're um we're building a community obviously on, on our last video and what we've started to do as well, which is really cool. Um, one of our players there, Mike, he um he saw me his Nemesis Prime because I said I'll never play it, but then he had it on trade, and I was like, ah, oh, the collector inside me is like. Okay, let's do mates rates. What can you do it for? So I don't know what it is in American, but it was like 40 quid for me to buy it off him. So when you're listening to this and you figure out the exchange rate of how crazy that is, that's how much I've spent on a piece of cardboard, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll probably yeah. play him maybe once or twice. But then then again, there's some shiny, amazing stuff in Way 3 that's making me want to play him. So, you know. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's
0: true. Okay, so... Um, Obviously, you've talked a little bit about your website there and you've touched on some things which we're going to talk about in this episode as well. Um, I want to know, so how deep does your roots go, Jamie, when it comes to Transformers? And how did, uh, how did you learn about um, just Transformers in general? Was it uh, from a childhood or from like being a teenager or an adult, etc.? It was
1: definitely a childhood that got me into it. It was probably one of my favorite things as a kid. I'm definitely an 80s kid, so I definitely grew up with a lot of the stuff. Um, I tried to collect as much as I could as a kid, but I was really reckless with toys and G.I. Joe, so I've lost many parts and many pieces over the years. But I definitely grew up watching a lot of it, and I've always really kept in contact with a lot of the stuff. I've definitely never really dived into the comic book side of things. I really wish that I could, but I've had a a fairly busier life. And I haven't nearly had time to sit down and actually do any reading for it. But I've definitely been a big fan since a kid all the way through uh, up until today. So
0: awesome. That's really cool. Well, you've got retirement for that, man. That's that's what I've got. I've got so many like comic books and video games and movies and series to watch retirement. You can just like nerd out and just say, so where do I start with the Transformers franchise? And just uh,
1: absolutely,
0: man, it is it is true. So The other thing I wanted to say, because we talked about it a little bit, was... So, you mentioned toys. So, being a kid, what was the first Transformers toy you owned? The first Transformers toy
1: I owned? Oh, It was definitely in the G1 series and it was probably Optimus. I was such a fan of Optimus as a kid. I mean, Peter Cullen's voice just in general is so uplifting and I don't care what that guy is talking about, I just want to like go jump into battle for the guy. So he was always my my number one go-to dude.
0: There are mysteries to the universe we were never meant to solve, but who we are and why we are here are not among them. Those answers we carry inside.
1: I am Optimus Prime and this message is to my creators. Leave planet Earth alone because I'm coming
0: for you. Moving on then from toys because obviously um, we talked a little bit about that on our first episode of what toys we had. Um, So um, if you could hang out with, um, let's just say, a few transformers who you could go out with a, uh, and have a few pints with. Uh, what would those transformers be? <laughs>
1: um, you know, I I think Ironhide would be a pretty cool one to go out there and do some stuff with. Um, I, I I'm not a fan of bugs as far as the TCG goes, but I'm not gonna lie. I would probably hang out with I want to say Shrapnel. I know it's Shrapnel now, but I definitely want to say like you know Shrapnel and I. I There'd be quite a few people. I know Starscream would be a good one. I'd love to get Starscream and Megatron in the same room together because I think just watching them feed off of each other would probably be enough entertainment for myself.
0: Nice. I like that. I like that idea. And, you know, throw alcohol into the whole mix. It could get quite interesting. I do like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty funny. So um, so going forward then, so the TCG, it is, it is kicking off quite big now because obviously we've got Wave 3. We've had three installments and... I want to say now three three sets, yeah, because we've had like three separate sets in between, like the starter and all that jazz. Um, I wanted to know how did you uh, get involved with knowing about the TCG or find about it. So obviously Brian said that he went got all the cards from like San Diego Comic Con and stuff like that. But how did you how did you um, hear from it?
1: Um, I did have a few people that went to the San Diego Comic Con that I I wasn't able to go, but I did tell them to pick up stuff for me. Um, so I got introduced to it really much the same way, but I've been a huge player of TCGs over the last probably 20 years. I've played Magic very competitively for a long time, so when I heard Wizards was working on a new game, I got really excited. Some of the inside people with that kind of told me that they are working on Transformers, and I was like, I'm a huge Transformers fan, so it was an easy jump over into the Transformers TCG, and I have just fallen in love with it ever since its release, so...
0: Okay, cool. So i'm um, I'm kind of in. I'm kind of intrigued of what you just said there. So you know people inside Wizards? What? Yeah. I, I so
1: I like I said, I've I've played Magic very competitively for a long time. I have worked with some of the developers. I've worked with some of the people in R and D um, on some separate stuff. And uh, like I said, I just I know a few of them. I've got a few on uh, on my speed dial. So. It was just something that I, you know, kind of happened in the, in a slight conversation, and they could never really give me a lot of information with it, but they definitely told me that they were they had it in the works, so I definitely knew it was uh, coming out before San Diego Comic Con for sure. So,
0: <laughs> awesome. So, so so one thing then let's 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 talk TCG then, because obviously it seems that like you've you've got a bit of a, a history with trading card games. Are you yeah, a bit absolutely. of a purist? Do you need to own everything, or do you only want to play certain things and not really worry about? You know, for for example, the TCG we have, like, you know, the rares, the commons, the uncommons. Do you need to have those STRs in your life? Do you need to own everything or do you just want to play what you want to play?
1: Uh, to, to be honest, you don't have to have everything. If, if I'm going to break it down, there is the collector player, and then there is the player player. And the collector is the one that has to have literally everything, has to have a play set of it, has to have it in their binder, has to make it look really shiny. And then there's the player player who just really wants to play what they want to play. And usually going out and buying the singles is probably the better route. I always suggest at least people buy a couple of boxes just because you get that really awesome feeling of cracking open those packs and maybe pulling that super rare and saving yourself some money in the long run. But it definitely comes down to a play style. There are definitely lots of archetypes in trading card games, and once you kind of find that archetype that you like, it's really difficult to start to branch into other ones, so most people usually keep playing the same thing. And it's a lot easier to collect those cards versus trying to collect all of the
0: cards. Okay, I like that. That's a good answer. Um, So moving on then, we've just dropped Wave 3. Wave 3 has dropped. Um, I still haven't got uh, on the point of recording this. I still don't own my boxes yet um but i know you have because you've been dropping videos left right and center how many boxes have you actually opened
1: so i picked up four cases and one case has four boxes so i have a total of 16 boxes i've gone through two cases currently and i still have two cases to go so
0: quite a few okay so 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 my first question then going into wave three is who do you think are the winners and losers of wave three
1: as far as Autobots versus Decepticons?
0: Yes. Let's go with winners for, like, what what you think um, improves in Wave 3. What do you think is the winning parts of Wave 3?
1: So... Uh, I think Autobots are still more favored um, coming into Wave 3. I think they have a lot more tools that got opened up for them, but I will admit that I think this wave Decepticons have a chance to really find a couple of new, really good decks. I think General Megatron is going to be a really good uh, character for that slot. I think the Firecons definitely have a chance for it. Um, I still don't think they'll be able to compete with Bugs as far as the Decepticon Alt Oranges, but I think they're going to be pretty solid little list. Um, I do love the fact that we did get some spaceship and some motorcycle support. I think that was really needed. A lot of people wanted it. Now, whether or not the stuff that we got is good is still up for debate, but we definitely did get some really good things uh, with this wave, but this wave is really going to change this game a lot. Some of the rares that are in this set, as far as battle cards are really good and it, this, this wave is definitely going to super, super shake up the meta. Mm.
0: Okay, so... Um... I, I I agree with what you say, because I really like how they've addressed certain things. Like, I really like the, the I forget the name of the card, but you'll probably know it. The introduction to, like, Planes and Tanks, which pretty much is team-up tactics for Decepticons.
1: Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, the twin-prong attack.
0: Yeah, twin-prong attack is, like, I think my favorite card at the moment that I've seen. But, like, it's pretty, I, I, I think, like I, I agree with what you say. I think Decepticons are still lacking, like... I don't know. I don't know from from just looking at it as, because I know you play it quite competitively compared to like what we've done so far on the channel and stuff. Um, Press the Advantage seems to be like the most powerful card right now.
1: Press the Advantage is definitely one of the most powerful cards. And the fact that we have sideboards now makes it even better because even if you go up against an autobot player it's a really easy card to sideboard out and then even if you run it in your sideboard to start and then you go up against the septicons you board those in game two and game three and it just becomes an, a grenade launcher that you can get because it has a green pip it is just an extremely powerful card for sure
0: mm, so so i would like to actually because yeah because you guys go to quite a fair few tournaments i can say your your whole crew uh, powered by primus so my question is, yes. uh, one of the other things I would like to say then is like, do you like the introduction to cyborgs and stuff like that so you can sub characters in and other cards? What are your thoughts on that?
1: The The character card going in the sideboard is definitely something I never thought that they would do. I knew that they would eventually go into sideboards. Um, it's just a thing that a lot of training card games really kind of have to have to allow you to have better matchups against everything versus really being pigeonholed into having to build to be able to fight everything. So I think the sideboards is a really good introductory for it. The character card, like I said, still I think needs to be explored more because there is a lot of things that you can do with it, especially with now that we know you can sub out two characters to bring in one character from your side so it can really lead to you completely changing your deck in the game too and i don't think that with origins we got enough of that exploration because it was so quick and so fresh but i think with gen con we're going to see a really big difference with the characters in the sideboard
0: awesome that's really cool so so the one thing i want to say then is like for me personally what i think kind of got was the winner of the group would be um the introduction to the new black pip but also combiners i think combiners win so much with the new black pip like i think i was watching one of your videos earlier where you were saying that black and blue might be like the next big thing like those kind of deck builds what is yeah could you expand on that i think i think
1: yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of space for black and blue. Um, I think black and orange pips it can be explored in, but black and blue has always been a really powerful thing in card games, just to be able to really kind of turtle up and then not have to worry about putting out so much damage, but you're consistently putting out damage. And with the black pip introductory, that's pierce damage so no matter what, your opponent can't respond to it. And with things like the disruptor blade which are out with this new wave being a black pip giving you that plus three um, attack is just going to I think it's going to really open the door for that archetype in this game because blue has definitely been lacking a little bit as far as being able to crack back into your opponent. So usually if they can apply enough pressure, you just really kind of lose. Whereas with black, you're going to be able to constantly be applying pressure while also being able to save your guys in the process. And I think it's going to be a big, big deck um, type coming into wave three.
0: With the combiners then, out of this set, I think I think the Constructor Cons win it hands down. I think Aerial, yeah, bots, that, yeah. Aerial Bots are really good uh, anyway, but I think Constructicons won. Like, out of all the combiners, to, to basically be more competitive, I think. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the the,
1: the, the one card that they really got was that new Grenade. Um, that new Grenade is going to absolutely do massive things for the Constructicons because they're usually dying... Uh, turn one anyway, but yeah, the Erratic uh, Energy Grenade, they're usually going down on their first defense anyway, and being able to always play that onto one of your characters, and then it does one damage to your character, but it doesn't really matter because they're going down, and then being able to essentially do two damage to each of your opponent's characters is going to be pretty insane, and then uh, the cons have the Reclaim card, which allows them to bring a upgrade from the scrap pile back to the top of the deck and then draw it, and then you can just play it again the next turn. So you're constantly doing two damage to all of your opponent's yep. characters. i th- I,
0: th- I think there's going to be so many shenanigans with these erratic grenades. I'm so looking forward to seeing it. Like, I've, I'm, I'm assuming um, with obviously being it released over there in the states, have you as your store had already um, games and tournaments run of it already or? We usually only
1: do draft and limited, uh, essentially, for the probably first week just to allow new players to be able to you know, come in, spend fifteen bucks. They just get a couple of packs, and allows you to help start building your collection, which is a really nice way to introduce new players to the game, and then to learn on a much smaller scale versus having to worry about deck building so heavily in the beginning. Um, so yeah, we usually, as like said, we just run those drafts and those limiteds for probably the first week, and then we start really throwing down uh, the competitive stuff after that.
0: So with with way three, what are you looking forward to playing? Uh, playing who? What characters stand out to you? whether it be from a fluff side or whether it just be from a competitive side?
1: So for for competitive, and I never really ever want to give too much uh, light to Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend, but with this wave, I think he just gets so much better. And I think he'll just continuously get better with more waves. So on a competitive standpoint, I think he's going to be a really easy one to look into. Um, I've got a pretty solid deck with him and Alpha Trion from the new wave, really trying to mess around with some of those shenanigans and essentially turning Battlefield Legend into Metroplex with an ability that's really powerful. And then General Megatron is another one that I'm really looking forward to diving into because I think if you can plan it correctly with extra paddings and the attack drones from wave 2, I think he's going to be able to deal an insane amount of damage without even having to attack, and it can be really powerful.
0: Are you are you slightly disappointed that he wasn't twelve stars so you could play him and Living Weapon? Yes. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That'd be so good if it could have been. Yeah, I've
1: been trying to work on a two tall uh, Megatron list for a long time and it's just it's really fun and casual and it can lead to some pretty fun stuff, but it just it's never quite enough to get in there on the competitive level, so.
0: I think we're we're planning on doing a naughty battle report because the two decks we want to play with you can't legally play with, and the one we want to do is that Megatron. If we ever pull him when we eventually get our box and Living Weapon versus the three Coneheads, because the three Coneheads are one star over, which we were kind of annoyed oh, by
1: as well. That's perfect, perfect.
0: Yeah, so we want to have that matchup. I don't know how well it will do, but we're gonna have a naughty battle report in the future, which I'm super looking forward to. So. So, if is there any characters that you think stood out in Wave Three other than obviously Megatron because I don't know how many times we've said Megatron already on this episode. <laughs>
1: Right. Uh, uh you know, Ultra Magnus is one that I'm really interested in as well. Him being able to start with his armor, I think, is gonna be really powerful and especially if your opponent doesn't have a response, even in the first turn, it's gonna already do quite a bit of work. So if you can happen to go two or three turns with it being able to stick around, I think you'll just start to slowly take away the game. And then being able to just use those abilities to deal damage to each character. Like I said, I just I think the direct damage this wave, especially on top of you know what's superior. Tyrion was doing with Wave 2, I think there's going to be a lot of heavier direct damage decks they're going to be running around, and Ultra Magnus, I think, is going to be a really big character for that.
0: I like that. That's cool. So, we've had one card banned. Okay. I'm sad that Swap Parts is no longer a thing, because I loved him in Aerial Bots. I never played this Infinity Combo deck. Never had the chance to. Yeah. Loved him in Aerial Bots. Do you feel like there might be a card in this set? that might get banned because of how good it is?
1: Um, I don't think there will be a card that will get banned. I think the thing that they're going to have to start looking into is rotations as far as when cards will start to rotate out and start to have to make new formats. I would love to think that this game could continue on without rotating any old cards out and not you know, having like a banned Wave 1 and Wave 4 comes out or whatever else. But like I said, like with Optimus Prime, Battle of Legend as a prime example, Some cards and some characters will just get better and better as time goes. And it's at a certain point where the price will start to follow it. that they'll have to figure out a way to have that card playable in a new format and then have it drop off in a different format so other cards can kind of reign supreme. Um, but yeah, as far as direct cards, I don't think anything will get banned with this wave at all.
0: The one thing I I want to bring up uh, before we move on to like our hilarious shenanigans that we have ensued is so because you come at it as a competitive uh, angle more than anything, because you guys have three big tournaments, and obviously Origins has happened um, with GenCon. Do you, like you've already stated earlier that you said you you think it's gonna be completely different to what it is in Origins. Do you see that this game? seems to keep constantly evolving whenever a big tournament happens.
1: Uh, I think that's part of it. The other part is that the Wizards team is doing a really good job of getting people to play it at those events. We heard about at Origins because um, I had a few friends go there for that. They talked about how they were always doing turbo drafts and they had some free stuff going on. So they ended up growing players day by day for Origins alone. You know, we started out with like I think there's a 21 register, but only 19 played. And then by the end of it, they had you know like mid 30s. And their talk now is that they're expecting over a hundred players for each day at Gen Con so i think the metagame is going to be really interesting as far as the people who are playing competitively and then those people who are just now getting introduced to it even at gen con who are going to be signing up to play so it's going to be a really really wide range of stuff there
0: right you build decks your whole team seem to always seem to be just on it when it comes to building really really fun decks Uh, i have i have a little bit of a question if you're a newish player like, I released a little video talking about the idea of how to build something. Uh, but I'd like to hear your, your like, idea of coming into it. Say, I've just picked up the starter box. Um, how, how should I look at deck construction? And, and, and even if it's just, like, a whole new thing for card games. Like, for ages, I didn't know what aggro meant. Like, I had no idea what that was. Like, everyone's like, oh, that's a very aggro deck. I was like, I don't know what that means. But thank you, I guess. <laughs> so if you're coming into it completely cold how how could you help a new player out
1: i think the best way for a new player to start especially in this game because the learning curve will always get higher and higher with every wave is to just start with a starter start with you know the metroplex or the constructicons buy one of those and just honestly play a couple games with it and once you learn the mechanics then you can start to deal with the deck building thing. I think a lot of people really rush into deck building before they actually even understand the game. And it can lead to you building really bad decks and just kind of never helping you out ever like progress. So I always say that the best thing to do is to just play that deck five or six times 10 times even if it takes that to really understand the mechanics what's good in that deck and then go out and buy a few packs and see if any of those cards out of that benefit there try a few out play some games and it just comes down to just playing the game a lot to be honest with you
0: in uh, in your meta how many people do you roughly have turning up to play at your events or even just turn up at your store to play
1: uh we actually have a pretty good group of people around here we have a very consecutive group of people of probably be about 15 players that play pretty regularly um but we definitely in the area probably have 20 or 30 people that do show up from time to time so
0: so my one thing then is like have you felt like when you've when you've been playing is there a lot of recurring characters and themes in decks that you've seen like um as a competitive side of things
1: Uh, not really. So our our play group is very different when it comes to it. We have a team, and so we usually will play competitive decks, but we usually don't bring them to our tournaments. Um, it's the one thing that's actually really different about our area is that someone will play like Superior for an instance, and you know they'll win a weekend, and they're like, "Okay, that was a fun deck. I'll put that off to the side." But we we're always playing new and exploring different things. Like I played Volcanicus for probably four weeks in a row, trying literally everything to make that character good. And spoiler alert, he's still not. But <laughs> I spent a lot of time really trying to work. Every single angle for every single type of deck to really kind of weed out what's good and what's bad. I like so. that
0: you try to make volcanicus good I like that tried you tried you tried your hardest i still i tried <laughs> I tried so hard
1: absolutely this, especially with this wave they have so many new things for this wave that are going to make them even though
0: i just i just the f- the one thing that scared the crap out of me of anything was Quartermaster more than anything. Yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. I just saw that card and was like, "Oh no!" Like Dinobots just bringing back horrific. Oh no, this is just not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will but...
1: tell you. I've already on my Bot list. I've already swapped out Swoop for Lionizer, and then I did put a few Quartermasters in there because being able to piece through Tyranny your Lionizer and put that bold four weapon onto Grimlock and then play like a supercharge is really powerful. Does it?
0: Does it? It doesn't seem wrong at all, does it? Really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he just he rolls through pretty much everything in that. And then yeah, quartermaster will be able to ever bring it back if they happen to get rid of it is it's it's good.
0: It is. It's it good. is really good. So so the one thing I want to say as well when we're talking about characters and stuff, do you feel like um the game represents the characters quite well? Like if we just take Grimlock for example, he smashes things, and in the game he smashes things quite well. Do you think like some of the characters have been well represented by how they play in the game, or do you feel like? In later sets, obviously, we get multiples of different characters. They might switch towards how they are in the comics, etc.
1: Yeah, I think at a certain point, they'll have to go into that. That's one of the things I talked about earlier with the rotations. With rotating, they might be able to keep characters on the same page once like their earlier counterparts rotate out or whatever else. But no, the thing that I really love about this game is how much it makes me feel like when I'm playing a game that it's also like watching an episode from something or watching a movie. They do a really good job bringing back a lot of the comic art, being able to really bring the feel of Transformers over to a TCG, because I think it's really easy for to make a TCG, but I think it's a lot more difficult of a thing to have it also be fun and competitive, like this game truly is. It really just it brings back all the nostalgia from growing up as a kid playing with some of these cards.
0: Mm. Okay, so... If we go, if we're going with with uh, the teams that you enjoy playing at the moment, is there any is there anything that you 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 enjoy playing more than others? Like for me at the moment, I'm loving playing Predaking. Like I didn't play Predaking to begin with because I have a fair few friends in my uh, local club that were like, I'm gonna get wave into wave two just with you guys, but just because I want to play Predacons and that's it. So I stayed away from playing King for a very long time. And oh my God, he is so much fun. Um, he is so much fun. He is. He is so much fun. I absolutely loved playing with him over this past weekend. And I was just wondering, is there anyone that you keep going back to where you're just like, I want to play something else, but that character I just seem to like a ton?
1: Uh, the Wave 2 King Starscream. That guy is absolutely amazing. I have won many many tournaments with that character and being able to attack for 24 damage 25 damage in a turn is really powerful and there, there's, some, there's something so much fun about having to spend a couple of turns really building up that character and then just knocking down your opponent's biggest character with with one fell swoop is it always brings me back to that deck always
0: <laughs> so i'm assuming all the crowns in the world and just just craziness right
1: it, it, it revolves around uh, mining pick and a couple of other plan cards if you happen to not have the mining pick book, you get to attack and then mining pick lets you plan, you get to throw a couple crowns on top and even if you just have one mining pick and you play two crowns, you 're getting in for fifteen damage, so it, it by itself does quite a bit of work all by itself yeah so.
0: <sighs> that's just mad That is that is literally mad I just, I, I, I The worst thing is I own that card, and I know how he plays. I just don't want to drive away our community we 're trying to build.
1: And, and that's a big difference that I, I always want to tell people is that there is a place for competitive and then there is a place for casual. Yeah. And right now we're so focused on casual play because you're trying to build the community versus trying to beat someone up with this, you know, $400 deck. Yeah. And the only way that they can compete is by also going out and buying a $400 deck, which most people don't have the money to or even have the desire to go out and do. So the competitive scene is definitely something that we do very separately we know when we're going to be playing a couple of those decks we usually chat with each other before the tournament will start and say okay what you know what kind of event is this going to be is it more of a fun casual or is it going to be a hardcore one so
0: i like that because because we've had uh, we've had like two tournaments now and we've had two different win and winners and two different themed decks so we've had Dynabuts win the first one and then stunter actually took our last one which was awesome nice. to see because i freaking love Stunticons. And it was so cool to see like our first combiner win win a thing. But obviously, with Way 3, when we had our release event, unfortunately, we didn't have the cards. So we basically sat and had a tournament anyway, and everyone was like, we're just going to play fun stuff and play what we want to do. So we had you know the fun stuff of Omega and Jazz. That was fun. Uh, we had, obviously, Predaking with myself, um, obviously, Menasaur. Just a few. It was really cool to see how people seemed to see this is a really strong card, but I want to play this, which is really, really cool to see. Because... The one the one thing I think is like what you just said, I think it can kill the game if you just turn up and you just want to learn how to play and someone does play a King Star Scream on you or just plays like a horrific deck that just, you know, you're not going to have a fun time with can really hurt the community. But I do, I do like the aspect of what you guys are doing as well, like saying that there's a time and a place for competitive and there's a time and a place for just having cool casuals. So with with your casuals, what does it come? What does the first idea pop up into your head? Is it just like pick random characters and make that try and make them good, like a cup or a ruckus or anything like that? Or yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, it's just those fun decks that have a lot of synergy to them that we kind of know aren't really that good, um, and really just it, the doors open for whatever. Um, so like we do uh, casual games uh, Tuesdays and then uh, Fridays as well at some stores, and then sometimes we do Sundays. And then usually Wednesdays and Saturdays are our competitive days. So our also our playgroup knows that, and even when we go to those, it is always just about you know trying to have fun. Maybe it's more like a theme deck, um, or whatever the case is. It's just something that you know isn't really good and is going to just completely smash your opponent is usually where we kind of go into that. Or sometimes we'll play a deck that we think is going to be kind of casual, and then it turns out to be really good and we'll kind of put it off to the side and start to work with it, you know, more later on and go, okay, this deck is way better than we thought it was, you know, and, and now we know through that play testing. So.
0: <laughs> is there, it's so, so with that mindset then, is there? Um, is there one, a couple of things you want to try out, which you might want to say, but it's complete trash. Like the one thing I want to play, which I'm probably going to try and run at my next tournament is, inferno and the new red alert and the old red alert just because of the synergy they have in the cartoon and stuff and i just want to try it out it might be terrible but i know i'm gonna have you know an educational day i definitely know i will not be finishing in the top pairings for like winning the tournament or whatever but like is there anything that's like like that kind of humor that you've always like a character you want to try and make good I'm
1: going to try the three-wide Ironhide because the star counts fit for it. We now have three of them which I'm super excited about, and then that static laser and iron hide from wave one that gives you plus three and only does two damage to not iron hides. I can play it on any character, so I, I don't I have no idea how good it's gonna be or not, but it's definitely something that I am really excited for. Another thing is gonna be secret actions. I think there are some secret actions that are very powerful that will be more competitive, and then I think there's ones that are definitely designed for more fun, so I'm gonna be playing the new Skywarp and just trying all kinds of secret action shenanigans.
0: I like- like that, oh, uh, yeah. So going back to the Ironhide because I love Ironhide; he's my boy. Were you sad that like <laughs> it's taken them three waves to finally get us a decent Ironhide? Yes,
1: I, it was something that I was really wanting. Wave one; he's such an iconic character. He's one of the originals, and it was something that I was very interested in him not being in and then they released him with the starter and i was like ah he's just not good enough like even with his weapon he's still not good enough so i'm very happy that we have a good one with this wave and it's the same thing with ratchet i was so surprised that we've had to wait three waves to even get a ratchet
0: yeah that's what i was saying it was like i can understand there's a few characters that i hope come out in the next siege but like yeah, like, Ratchet shocked me that he wasn't there. Uh, like, a decent eye Obviously, Cup. Everyone knows my whole ordeal with Cup. It brings me back Vietnam flashbacks, I swear. Like, <laughs> why on the, earth is in the, there? The,
1: the, the Cup life.
0: Yeah, like, seriously. But, like, there's a possibility. Because if this is going to be a trilogy, because that's the one thing I wanted to ask next, is, like, the whole Siege line. What are you looking forward to, possibly, with the next couple of waves, like, characters-wise? Because I have a few, but I would like to hear what you think they could do. Like, what, what would you like to see, personally? So...
1: I mean, I don't know. Character-wise, they they do a really good job of diving really deep into the story. Like, there's even a few characters that I wasn't really that much aware of, and then they would show them off, and it was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. They're really they're really going down to fire cons is, I think, the best way to put that. Fire cons yeah. is definitely something that's not very at the forefront of Transformers and to see them release that. So I think they're going to be doing a lot of curveballs, but I would start to like to see more Titan-sized characters. I know they're really difficult to be able to obviously put with booster packs because they can't but that that's probably something i want to see them do more of maybe headmasters would be a really cool thing for them to try to figure out how to do that we're still waiting to see if six guns ever going to be able to make an appearance yeah um so i think that i think there's lots of space for them to be able to dive into quite a bit of characters with the remaining waves if they even do it a, th- a third wave with siege or if they're just going to do a two-piece and then kind of move on from there so
0: so like i like the whole idea of titans like We've got Metroplex. I want Tripticon. I think everyone wants Tripticon so bad. Everyone wants Tripticon so bad. So when when they announced like, oh, we're gonna do this thirty five anniversary edition box of like Blaster and Soundwave, I was kind of like, that's cool. But it's not Tripticon. Can you please give us Tripticon wizards, if you're listening? Please just just release it out already. We all just want to play that. Agre- agreed, agreed, But the so the most interesting thing is like yeah, the biggest dive they did was Firecons, which is absolutely manic. And like D just lost his mind when he just like found out they were in the game. He just couldn't believe it. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. I would like I'd like siege like the characters we haven't got like Brawn. Um, a better cup. Yeah. Like, I'd love a better cup. Like, seriously. The one thing I yeah. thought was uh, a bit sad with this wave was the fact that we got a sideswipe, which I was super excited about, but we didn't have a sun streaker. And yeah, yeah. Just seeing, just seeing how run amok and run about work. It seemed like that could have been a really awesome opportunity to have sun streaker and sideswipe do something like that. Maybe that might be coming out later. That'd be pretty cool if that was. Um. But, yeah, like, just um, just even if it's Wreckers, like, that'd be really interesting because it's all about war themes and stuff like that. There's just giant things. Like, there's so many things. Like, just reading more than meets the eye, which I would highly recommend, Jamie, whenever you get the time to, sir. Um,
1: I've heard it's a good one.
0: It is. Overlord is amazing. He is a in- incredible. Let's just say that. He's incredible. He's on half the artwork that's in Wave 1 and 2, pretty much, people, He's in a fair few yeah, cards. Yeah, he's, like,
1: he's out there a lot.
0: He's in there a lot. So are you just teasing us and not giving us him this, Wizards, or is he just going to be like a promo? Because if he's like the size of Omega, I would love that, and I would play him all the time. That would be incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, my gosh, it would be so good. So going going along going along like characters um, that we think could come, What is what's your dream character you would like? Like, Obviously, with the opportunity of, like, if you ever win a tournament, you get to design a card. So that might be quite interesting to see if you get to design, like, a character. Like, as in, you want the character in the game. Can I have that character? That would be phenomenal. Because I know how it works with competitive Game of Thrones, for example. If you win a tournament or anything big, you get to design a card, and make, most of the time it's plots or a character, or not, not the big characters of Game of Thrones, but like a, a lesser character that you get to design with, and then it says, you won this tournament on this date. If you could do that, what would you like to design, Jamie? What would you What would you want? Oh.
1: I, I would I think I would actually do a Springer if I have if I really had the choice. Springer is one of my favorite characters. I just love his personality. I love just the general outlook for everything that he always has.
0: I got better things to do tonight than die.
1: And I don't think that his card gave him that. And I as much as much as I understand why he was a super rare. I definitely don't think that his card was to scale by any means a super rare. And I think doing a a version of him on a way better scale would be absolutely amazing.
0: So going to super rares then, do you feel like that title makes them incredible? Because Wave 2, there's probably like one or two that are amazing and the others are kind of disappointing. Is it because you think it's just the characters and their names that's why they were probably those kind of cards?
1: um i i think that there's some interesting stuff behind it um i did learn some things from origins about the wave one super rares i don't know if i'm allowed to discuss it that's perfectly but, fine um, i know that i i i know that it didn't go the way they wanted to for super rares um for themselves so they kind of were forced and pigeonholed into doing that but for me a super rare by definition should be extremely powerful because of the pull rate for them impacts is really really tough and if you have to go out and specifically buy the character and they usually will you know will sit between you know 30 dollars to you know 70 dollars or whatever else so i think that they should be for as powerful as they are for as hard as they are to get and i think that especially with blitzwing and springer they're really good they're just i don't think they're worth the super rare thing so
0: yeah it was kind of funny when they were like oh blitzwing and then you look at it and i was like oh and then springer was we could say i could be kind and be really rude and say he's trash he i don't know how we can make him good like come on <laughs> yeah he's, he's just yeah unf- i've tried he's unfortunate yeah there we go jamie's tried he's tried it he's just given up on that battle fair play like volcaticus is springer he's just he's given up on life with those cards that's a shame
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yep. They're, they're on my shelf now no the, the one thing that does always factor in with card games that a lot of people don't know is that when they design these cards There are other cards in the future that we don't know about. So there's always the chance that something in a later set's going to come out that's going to make the character really good or there is something that's on the way that's going to make the character really good and that's why they've made it a super rare now is that maybe down the road there's something that's on the way to always make it better. So that's why I always recommend that with any archetype in this game or any character that you really like with, with every new wave try them again and see if something new has come out to really push them over the edge or to really just help them be even more fun
0: so. yeah because he hasn't really got much spring has he? he hasn't got the trait triple change or anything like that it's just normal stuff but like helicopter is a trait that was on him which obviously hasn't been explored but um you know, there's 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 a key helicopter I can think of that's part of a combiner which should have been in there before Volcanicus. But hey, we can live the dream in the next wave if he comes out.
1: <laughs> we we can.
0: Like, I think everyone wants to play Bruticus. I'm just being honest. Like, that'll be amazing. Make Bruticus, angry.
1: Bruticus, devastate, devastate hard I, I was I was very surprised that Bruticus was not in the Combiner Wars. So I I don't know if maybe it was a licensing thing or maybe it was they, they have a bigger plan for it or maybe it's going to be a solo set a lot like uh, Devastator is going to be. But I was definitely very surprised that he was not in there.
0: Yeah, because it was kind of shocking when we didn't have Devastator either because we all were like, what the heck? And then obviously when they said he's coming out on his own, we're kind of like, oh, great. They haven't forgotten about him. That'd be pretty crazy. Do you feel? Do yeah. you feel like how it was with uh, the combiner was they might do another wave with the rest of the combiners? Do you think?
1: I think they will, or I think what they're going to do is introduce them into other waves um, and just be like, oh, here's this one. You know, they'll introduce Bruticus or uh, Computron or whatever else. Though I think they'll put them in there, and it may just be like a little side nod. I don't know if they're ever going to revisit an entire combiner set at this point, and if yeah. they do, it probably won't be for. Quite a long ways down the pipeline, but I definitely see them slowly reducing them into other sets.
0: Yeah, because I was I was thinking along the same wave of just like you'd have one Autobot, one Decepticon combiner, and then maybe later on another one here and there. Because obviously they they took pretty much the whole roster for the combiner waves, so um they're doing pretty good. So I can't complain too much about that. So um right. Right, so the one, the one thing I, I would like to talk about then, uh, obviously, is what uh, your channel does. You do a lot of like battle reports as well, as long as deck text, which is I think one of your most popular things is your deck building. Like, I think it's one thing that draws in a lot of your views. And the one thing I want to talk about then, if I wanted to create the horrificness which you've already talked about, which is a three-wide iron hide... <laughs> how could someone go about that? How can someone go about that? So we'll do something a bit crazy on the end of this episode. Let's let's do some sort of live deck tech or something. Um, how could we make the three Ironhide wide uh, combo work? Should we say?
1: Yeah. So th- the thing that I would look at with the characters in general is that you have Wave Two Ironhide, which has Bold One, and then you have this new guy, um, the new Ironhide, who primarily revolves around blue weapons, which is a pretty interesting one. Um, I know I talked about it in my previous box opening with it, but I'm going to be putting Armed Hovercraft in the deck 100% for the new Ironhide to be able to play it onto him, deal one damage to everything on my opponent's side, be able to attack and then swap it with another Armed Hovercraft from my hand to then do, again, one damage to everything on my opponent's side. Is going to do some pretty crazy damage stuff, and then with having the Ion Blaster, or I'm sorry, the... Static Iron Blaster from uh, Wave 1 that gives the plus 3 attack. I'm going to be able to, I would probably focus a lot more on the weapon side of things and really go for a mix list between orange and blues. Um, I, there are trucks, so there's always the chance that Battering Ram might be able to make it in there. Battering Ram is another really powerful weapon that we got with Wave 3. Um, that one might be really nice to put in there just because I think the blue is going to have to be necessary. A lot of them have lighter health tools, I'll say. Um, So you definitely want to do a little more of the trying to keep them alive, but being able to get that early damage whenever you can. And I think the big part about the three of them is going to be trying to figure out the sequencing for attacks, because the wave one starter, Ironhide, is definitely on the very baby end of the health pool and the armor, so he might even be your last character to attack. Uh, which would change things up a lot as far as trying to make sure you load him up for damage before you get him out there. So it'll it, it'll be a pretty interesting build with all of the options that are out there. Extra padding is a good thought for the deck it allows you to play uh, the extra tough ones onto them and even if your opponent does respond to it with breaking some armors. Uh, you still have a couple of armors around to be able to keep them going. Leap into battle would be a card that I pretty much automatically put in there. Getting that uh, plus three attack with a blue pip will be really nice. Um, pretty, that's, it's a pretty good start
0: <laughs> I was going to say it was like you left Energon Axe out but you pretty much covered everything for Blue Pips pretty much like... Yeah,
1: like Ener- Energon Axe for me in that list is a little tougher. I ran a blue Sentinels deck for quite a while, and Energon Axe, because your character has to be damaged, it makes it a lot tougher because you have to wait to play it. And then by the time that you're ready to play it, you might have something better, like a grenade launcher or, like I said, a static laser. Um, so it for me, it's a really powerful card, but it's almost slow for Ironhide.
0: Awesome. I like that. That's a whole different outlook of what I think of it, which I think is really cool about this game is like everyone has their own opinion and they're not wrong. That's the one thing I think about this. Like some people I've played with or I've talked to online is like, that card's trash. And I'm just kind of like... have you been, what have you been playing with it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the one thing that made me laugh more than anything was mining pick. I, I can say this now. I thought that card was trash because I was like, I don't understand this. This makes no sense. And then talking to a few few people, I was like, I've really been an idiot here because that's really, really good. But my, mining
1: my, 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 my pick is a perfect example of a card that, is as good as you make it. So you can make it a bad card by putting it into something that doesn't really get to maximize the card, but then if you put it with things that have a lot of synergy, like I I said previously, you know, King Starscream, even with Wave 2 Sludge, who has the really cool abilities that whenever he attacks, if you have less cards in your hand, you get to draw two. You can attack, plan two, now have less cards in your hand, and then redraw the two cards that you planned. can lead to some really cool stuff, and then just being able to really maximize what you're putting on top of your deck is what can make that card itself become really powerful
0: cool i like that i like that a lot so so the one thing then uh, i, I want to talk about before before we end this was the whole idea that um you you guys out there that are probably listening to this are still kind of like you either know what this game is or uh, you know um roughly what it's all about how could you um describe this game um Jamie to new players who've never played like card games before and all they see is like giant robots and people flipping cards and loads of other weird stuff? How how could you describe it to to new players and uh, then get them involved into playing and picking up the game?
1: That's actually a really good question because the interesting part about this game is that the majority of its players are people who grew up watching and collecting Transformers. And then all of the younger ones that we have usually are getting into it because of their parents who did it before. We have a couple of local uh, dads that have gotten their kids into it because they grew up with it. When it comes to explaining these giant robots that are clashing, I think I would just dive a little more into the story side of things between, you know, the Autobots and the Decepticons, and I would kind of describe both of those factions and how there's been this, you know, lifelong endless battle between the two and that you get to actually live out these battles through the cards and you can kind of change the history of how the game goes while also being able to see this really awesome art and then you could dive into a lot of the stuff behind it, such as the toys or the comic line or the movies and really start to learn more about these characters because most card games, you have to go online or you have to read a book to kind of figure out who the characters are, and most people don't really do that, whereas this has such a deep history that a lot of it is really accessible, and you can start to really find characters that you really like to play with, that you really like story-wise. And then it is always really nice when you can piggyback on the fact that it is made by Wizards of the Coast, and if anyone knows how to make a good card game, it is definitely those guys. So
0: that is true; they know how to make take people's money. That's one hundred percent true. So we've yep. got we've got one funny question uh, to um, to finish this episode because obviously we'll say it's from a competitive standpoint and a fluff standpoint for for the for your card selection, sir. Okay. Okay. Right. So best car in the game
1: i'm gonna give it to probably best car in the game is gonna be uh the wave one bumblebee legendary warrior Being able to untap and attack untapped characters with start your engines and stuff is real powerful and then on the casual side i'm gonna say jazz all day 100 (laughs) percent
0: okay so mine's very different. I love it. So so probably the best car in the game, I personally think, is Wheeljack Wave One. Yeah, he's good. Because he's, he's good. very good. Uh possibly the worst car in the game, which I'm really sad about, but I'm also like, I'm kind of in struggles like with you, Jamie, of like, I've put him in and I've wanted to make him good, but he just can't do it. It's Blue Streak.
1: Yeah, I I I'll tell you I've got a pretty decent list for Blue Streak that allows him to do some pretty good stuff. So, Okay. Um I the there, there's potential there for him. I don't think it's there yet, but okay. there is potential for him for sure. At least on uh, at least on my end.
0: Okay. I like that. So, um truck. Well,
1: best truck, uh Optimus Prime Battlefield legend all day. Um worst truck uh I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Wave One, the starter Ironhide, probably. He, like I said, just stat wise, vanilla. He has no abilities. He that that that's probably the worst truck.
0: Okay, um, yeah, mine mine's a toss up because it is either like that Prime or Nemesis Prime because I think they're really good trucks. It's kind of a toss up with the Wave One as well because it's like really funny. So Ironhide, I think, is pretty poop. But, like, the, the, the other truck, I don't, I don't know. It's, like, I really want to say, no, no, it is definitely Ironhide. Ironhide is definitely the worst one. It's kind of really sad because I don't, I don't know. Like, I re- no, it is Ironhide. It is Ironhide. I really want to say Springer because Springer's truck is not that great.
1: Oh, oh yeah. No, it's it's definitely not. I will tell you a fun interaction that I did do with Springer um, for anyone who is curious about making him decent is I ran an all-blue list because um, being able to put a armor onto the truck mode is really powerful. But then I ran thermal weaponry because if you play thermal weaponry on him and then flip over to the bot mode, you now have bull two. So when you attack thermal weaponry for each blue pip that you flip, you get pierce. And there was multiple times where I was able to get like seven, eight pierce but it was pretty rare that that would ever go down. And usually I was attacking for three pierce and it was never worth it.
0: Wow. Okay. I might have to ask you for that list because my friend D would definitely love to try and make him great again. It's, a, I think it's our winning campaign is to basically make Springer great. Um, <laughs> right. This is where it gets quite interesting because I think our, ver- our very uh, our opinions might change with this. Best Plane.
1: Okay. Best Plane. Hmm.
0: That's a good one, because I'm, I'm
1: really kind of between King Starscream. Okay. I will admit new, new Starscream for Wave 3 is really powerful, but because I don't have any experience with it yet, I don't want to put that on the list. Okay. And uh, the other one would be Thundercracker.
0: That's really yeah. good, actually. So the worst one? Because there's three really good ones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Worst one. Oh, man, there's some... There's, there's some you know what? Wave 1 Skywarp. Worst one.
0: Yeah. Okay, we, we agree on that. That's good. I was going to say, my my personal favorite uh, would be just the versatility of it would be Thrust, just because he did kind of get thrust. spoiled because of the new action card, which basically is like, oh, you gain Thrust's ability. Awesome, which is kind of sad.
1: It does take a star card, though.
0: It does, but you'd gladly take a star card over a, a nine-cost character, I think, which is kind of sad.
1: Absolutely.
0: But, like, yeah, um, and it's, it's a toss-up between what you said. Like, I think Skywarp Wave 1 is trash. No offense. I love Skywarp. Everyone knows that. But I also think Ramjet has play, but it's just because he's got nothing. He's just vanilla, and it's just meh.
1: Yeah, the only thing that Ramjet's good in is limited. So, like, if you are playing Turbo or Sealed and you happen to crack him, because he does get in for some good damage, but if it's anything constructed, he is definitely bad.
0: Okay. All right. Best tank. I'm
1: going to go with Wave 1 Megatron. Okay. Because being able to scrap any upgrade off of your opponent's characters is real powerful.
0: So you're going with Living Weapon?
1: No, I'm going to go with the Decepticon Leader.
0: Oh, you think just the vanilla one, the common? Okay, I like that.
1: Just the common. I'll 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 tell you in our play group that character does quite a bit of work. He's definitely on our competitive side of things. He's 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 super powerful, being able to get rid of any upgrade at will because utilities for a long time have been super powerful, and most people don't tech for it. Um, we have that Megatron out there for quite a bit of stuff, and then obviously his other mode with his blaster, being able
0: to have pure six, can be re- can, can be pretty good. Yeah, can be can be pretty good. Yeah. So the worst tank worst tank um there is one and it's really sad for me if i had to
1: not have metroplex around the worst tank would be slammer
0: all day <laughs> um
1: with with <laughs> metroplex he's definitely a lot better um the i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a fan of the new flak i'm not i'm not gonna lie okay with wave three flak is he's he's not impressive for me at all
0: right any particular reason <clears throat> why
1: you know, I was really excited for low star card tanks coming into this. And I've, I've messed around with it a little bit. And the, it's just low star card. It's just bad stats. It's just an ability I probably won't ever use. Maybe in a four-wide tank list. But I, I, it's something I've always pushed for is tank decks. And it, it, he doesn't do anything for me for there.
0: Okay. Um, oh, man. Tanks. I, I really like Living Weapon. It'd be really rude just to say General Megatron, cause that's kind of meh. Um, I really, yeah. I really, really like Dark Mount though. Like, I think Dark Mount is very good.
1: Dark Mount is very powerful.
0: Yeah, like I like that guy, and I didn't even realize who the heck he was. I had to go into the, like, the archives of my brain and Wikipedia to go, where have I seen this before? Cause I, the face I remember, but I have no idea. Um, worst, it's controversial blitzwing i just really am disappointed Ooh. with blitzwing okay brave is cool don't get me wrong blitzwing is cool it was either him but like i don't know i love uh, it's like it'd be rude to say warpath but warpath is really good like i think he's playable like not using tufts really good and having pierce two on one side's cool and if you're playing a heavy blue deck it's quite interesting to just kind of do random scatter damage on there but like it's weird to see a character that's quite strong to have such little health. It's just kind of weird.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think part of it was the playtesting with him. I think maybe if he had more health or more armor, maybe he was too good. Um, so I, I also think that the developers are play a lot more blue. So I think that when it comes to blue, they tend to underpower it specifically for that. Um, it's at least just a, a thought that I've seen or a, a pattern I've seen. But Warpath, definitely, his health pool is very low and very scary.
0: Okay, we do have one category, but it's like there's hardly any of them, and it's Spaceship, which there's not that many. There's Cosmos, there's Omega, there's Alpha Trion.
1: Yeah, the new, as far as best Spaceship, New Shockwave from Wave 3. That guy is so good. And then worst spaceship is going to be Cosmos. Okay. Because trying to, get, trying to get that ability to go so often doesn't really happen. And then scrapping your hand to draw a new hand doesn't really do a whole lot of either.
0: Yeah. Well, I, 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 I agree. I think the one thing for me, I think he's a spaceship, is Shockwave Wave 1 he is a spaceship yeah like i really like that character and he's got really interesting just with some sexy upgrades from wave three i think he can be he'll see play again because there was always those things we wanted to play like which i saw on other channels played was like the whole like shell shot kind of thing him and the first bomb bombshell second bombshell sorry for like just getting cards and discarding cards and then just having loads of fun that way um yeah yeah, and I think Cosmos is toilet, which is really sad because I really like Cosmos. I probably will run Cosmos at some point when I really, really, really want to run him and Alpha Tryon just for giggles, but I don't think it'll, <laughs> right? I don't think it'll work. But you know, it was close because I really like I like Omega Supreme. I think Omega Supreme's really awesome. Like I think he's he's got play. He's really good.
1: Yeah, I just wish I wish he had a few less stars.
0: Yeah, what would you wish his star count could be? Because obviously, you know. Having 19 is kind of a biggie. I
1: I think if he had 15, I think even 14 would have been a more comfortable space to try to go three wide with him because a two wide is just, it's not enough for him. And even with trying to separate damage like he does, it just doesn't do a whole lot. I think if he was a three wide tank build, I think he would, he would be far, far better. And being able to really maximize off of hunker downs and rollouts and stuff would have been real powerful. But like I said, the fact that he sits at 19 and only leaves six stars, there's not a whole lot of characters that you can stick in there. Now, we do get a lot more characters with this one between all the MicroMasters and BattleMasters. So maybe there's a chance to revisit him. So
0: I think we've got an idea for one of our tournaments at our places. We're all going to take Omega and then just figure out from there. That's basically what we've got like that's one of our tournaments eventually we're gonna get a few under our belt to understand like the games and introducing people into into the community a little bit with the game but we have some ideas like we had some ideas for you build a deck and you don't know what the characters are going to be but you basically bring the characters you want to play with you put them on a piece of paper and then they go in someone's hat and then you basically it's 25 points or whatever and then it's like you could be playing these characters with a deck that doesn't work but that's where your deck building could work in. And we, everyone was like, I'm 100% in on this. And I was like, yeah, I'm building Ruckus. I'm building a Ruckus list for that on purpose. <laughs> Some other fun stuff. That sounds, to go that for that it. sounds extremely fun, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's seriously, it would be really cool because then it just not, doesn't just come down to like, I'll turn up and like, win with these characters. It's like, my, my, I need to make my deck building skills pretty interesting. And I think that'll help build people who aren't really into like, the whole deck building uh, side of the game, which I think would be pretty fun. So yeah. it, it, it might even
1: it might even bring a new interaction into it that that person never even saw before.
0: That's a hundred percent true, actually. Yeah, like I was joking. Like everyone's like, "So what if I took planes and I didn't get any planes?" And I was like, "Well, tough, I guess." Sorry. Um, <laughs> 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 don't
1: don't build for planes.
0: Don't build planes. Don't build anything specific. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I've got one final question before I can let you go, Jamie. Um, so. Uh, Battle cards are, like, the best thing ever since sliced bread in this game. What is your favorite go-to battle card and why? Mine is Marksmanship because, not just because the art is sexy, uh, just because I seem to... Some weird fetish of playing ranged characters and just, like, two automatic damage is fantastic and a blue pip is just awesome for me. Like, I just love that card to death. I personally think it's my favorite card of the whole game at the moment but this is not seeing physical copies of wave three in my hand but it's just that is that is my go-to favorite card
1: uh it's it's a it's a good card and and you naturally falling to range like i said just can kind of go down to that archetype thing and just a lot of those characters for you just fit better you just you just play them better and mark marksman's a really good one for sure that card is extremely powerful if i had to ah if i had to pick a rare that would be
0: uh or it could be anything uh, it could be anything uh, yeah that's a tough one it is a bit tricky like your go-to like your favorite like there's a lot that i like but it just seems marksmanship i think i've just had so many hilarious fun experiences of winning games with it is just like it's my go-to because when you top deck it and you just win a game by it you're just kind of like i'm sorry but this is gonna happen you know what? You know what I'll, I'll give
1: you a competitive and I'll give you a casual.
0: Awesome. Okay. For,
1: for casual, it is definitely tech research. That card, it super sucks that you have to play in an action and then to follow it up with an upgrade. But they are really powerful upgrades like superior plating and the uh, cannon to give you bold four a tough four. Are so, they're so much fun and when you can pull them off, it really feels so good good to truly do, and it, it will usually win the game if your opponent doesn't have a response as well. So, I mean, it can definitely be on that super side of fun things, but on a competitive, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Disruptor Blade from wave three, the yeah. plus three with the black pip.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a
1: card that I am very much looking forward to because I think it's going to be both extremely fun to try to make sure you build your deck correctly to always make sure you're flipping a black pip with that character. And then also just getting the straight three damage is going to be pretty awesome. So
0: yeah, I, th- I th- I'm really looking forward to playing Black Pips. Oh, actually, that's one thing we didn't talk about was your opinion on Black Pips and secret actions. Let's do- let's just make the episode a little bit longer. Go on, let's do it. Let's your do opinions. It. Let's do
1: it. Um, I, I love Black Pips. It was something that I was very happy to see because I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of what it does, which I'll get into here in a second, but with them introducing new pip colors, it means that there is the door that is open for so much more. I, I guarantee that we're going to get a repair pip at some point or maybe we're going to get a pip that's going to, you know, just straight up do one damage to an opponent when you're attacking. So the door for design is open for it, which I super, super love. I think that Pierce was already very powerful and I think that with the introduction of Black Pips, it's going to get even more consistent, which is pretty scary, um, but I actually really love the introduction of Black Pips.
0: Cool. Secret Actions?
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of Secret Actions. Big fan. I, I've, I've played tons of games that have trap cards or have you know these reactive cards, or like I said, I've played Magic for a very long time, so being able to respond at instant speed is something that I really liked in that game. Although I never want to see a similar card in this game, I think the secret action is the perfect way around it. Um, originally when they spoiled the secret actions, I was slightly worried because they told us that it was a required trigger so your opponent could really play around your stuff, which super sucked, and then they did release in our most recent FAQ that you can choose to um, activate it or not, which is really nice. At the end of turn, it still goes away, but if your opponent goes to play a card, you can still choose if you want to wait to see if they play something else, and I think that's going to make secret actions way better, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of being able to play these secret cards and being able to have multiple characters that are able to fish them back out or benefit off of playing them. I'm I'm super super excited to play them.
0: Awesome, that's that's really cool. And it's actually been really cool to talk to talk to you, Jamie, just because of the whole fact of like. You you guys play it way more competitively than, than I know of uh, of people online at the moment. Like the whole idea behind this podcast was to to just get creators collaborating and talking and just nerding out about Transformers. And like you guys, I absolutely love your stuff because I've secretly found out that D gets ideas from you. So now if I see anything familiar, I'm just kind of like, what video did you watch, D?" And was it uh, by Jamie and any okay. other
1: people? <laughs>
0: That's why I'm kind of worried now. But no, it's really cool. So like, uh, uh, before we just sign off, um, I want to know like, what, what have you guys got uh, coming um, on your channel, on your website and stuff? Just have free plugs. Go on. Just uh, spam spam all your links and everything.
1: The one thing that I'm going to be focusing on the most is Wave 3 because that's what I know a lot of the viewers want to see. So it's going to be the deck profiles. There's tons of stuff coming out. I've got a general Megatron list coming out. I've got a Firecons list coming out and I also have an Ultra Magnus list coming out, um, but obviously we have to get into playing a lot of them to see what how matchups are, um, so I've got a lot of those coming out. One thing that people loved, and I'm super happy they did, was multiplayer. It was something that I was very, I spent a lot of time really trying to refine the rules for it so it can work out really well. We put out one video, and it got to like a thousand views in like a course of like three or four days, so. I'm going to be spending a lot of time. I got out, uh, went out and got a whole new setup for multiplayer specifically, which is really exciting. We're going to have lots and lots of more multiplayer because, especially with Wave Three dropping, being able to have four people bring themed different decks and just really go at it is going to be really fun. Um, and it just it brings up a lot of like old canon stuff from the you know from the films and from the comic books. So we're going to be doing tons of themed things for the multiplayer. And then obviously our website is something I'm super excited for. It's a it's a lot of work to manage, but uh, being able to deliver content across all platforms into all players is is my 100% focus. I want the competitive players to be able to get stuff. I want the casual players to be able to get stuff. I just I, I really want to give the community everything that they want because I really want this game to keep growing, and I and I, and I just want to be one of those people that gets to put in my two cents on it. So.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I I, I absolutely love and adore of people I've got in touch with, is just their passion for this game and not just for the game, but just for Transformers in general. Like, I think we all grew up, like, loving this thing and now we finally got something that is amazing we don't want to let go. Like, I've always joked cuz having a miniature game background if they ever made a Transformers miniature game I would be homeless because I would want to have
1: I, I, I would be broke as well. Yeah, I would sure. want everything.
0: I would want it to be good and and pray pray that the game is actually good. Um but yeah, Jamie, thank you very much again for taking time out of your day for being a part of this podcast, man. I'm super looking forward to some of this uh some of the stuff that you guys are doing, uh especially with your playmats. It's kind of entry like I never knew like you you used to work for Disney, so that's kind of a cool thing to like nerd out about because I'm a huge Disney fan. So it's kind of fun to.
1: Yeah, I, I, have an, I have an entire Disney sleeve. If you ever really pay attention to the videos, my entire left arm yeah. is all dedicated to Disney tattoos. So. Yeah.
0: So I have one question there before we go. Why the Dexter tattoo?
1: Um, I was a huge fan of the TV show, and the the the, the TV show has always meant something a little different to me most people just see it as you know this fun little show or whatever else but it's really about this guy who's just trying to make it in the world and he's different but he tries his best to really try to just fit in and I think that's a big part of life in general with a lot of people is everyone always wants to find their place and tries to conform but it he really spends his time being himself but also trying to be what everyone wants him to be and it's that really cool struggle going back and forth between what you want and what others want from you so it it, it meant a lot to me as far as like that part goes and Um, you know, I was, I was also young. So the, maybe the Dexter on the hand wasn't that, you know, smart because lots of people look at my Disney and they're like, oh, that's really nice. And then they see the other side of my arm and I have completely opposite stuff. And they're like, you're, you're a weird guy.
0: (laughs) You're yin and yang of tattoos. Is that basically it is what people are thinking? Yeah. I like it. Awesome. All right, then. So guys, without further ado, that was another episode of uh, One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. Thank you very much for downloading this. If you're watching it on the YouTubes, thank you. Leave a like, comment below, check out uh, Jamie's channel, Powered by Primus. Those guys are absolutely awesome, pumping out content way too much and way too quicker than I could ever do. And um, (laughs) yeah, if you listen to this on Podbean, thanks for the download. And yeah, don't forget to follow us. So yeah, Without further ado, guys, take care, have a good one, and we'll see you on the next episode very, very soon.